On this interview, I get to sit down with two of my friends, Chris Benjamin and Tim Macy at the Real Rise Conference in San Diego. Chris and I get real with Tim about how real brokerage agents should be communicating with other agents. Tim, of course, has built an incredible downline at Real. He's the $3 million man at Real, while Chris is a top producer in Southern California, and we go deep on some of the content strategies that Chris has. This interview goes a number of different directions, but if you're an agent or a team leader who's thinking about listings, thinking about content, and maybe even thinking about Real, you should try check out this pod. I hope you enjoy. All right, so we're at Real Rise uh, here in San Diego. Thank you, Tim, for allowing Chris and I for real to be in your home. <laughs> to yeah. the, home the home that Tim Macy built. Oh, come on. You this know? is Tim's house. This is Tim's house. So, when I showed up, I asked him, does it feel like you're at prom or like your own wedding? <laughs> oh, a, well, a little bit. Yeah. Well, we got to see Alex Ramosi today, right before you and I took the... Uh, the honor of taking the stage right after he was Alex with Andrew. Of course, shout out to Andrew Undum who's who's with us. But Alex had what was it? 192 slides they said. Dude, like 292. Rips. Yeah, 292. And it was a lot of slides. But one of his slides showed, hey, somebody at Real or, or multiple people maybe, but you know somebody in particular, somebody has to be the top dog at Real, yeah. is making you know north of three million and a huge, 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 you know network that they've built at Real. And I said, oh, that, well, that's Ted. That's Tim Macy. <laughs> oh, anyway. Allegedly. Allegedly, Tim, <laughs> uh, how many people, Real's about 12,000, 13,000. Yeah. You, you've been responsible, I always say about quarter of that growth, 25%, 30%. I don't know what the percentage uh, is, but what's the number? I mean, one, just to set the thing, like Byron always talks about stuff and asks me about stuff he knows I don't want to talk about. <laughs> right? Because I always like, like I, people you know. want to know listen, what the listen, $3 million dollar be, real man is all 100%. about. 100%. Listen, I will be, I'll be transparent about it. Um, but only because you're you're bugging me about it, and I'm, I am big on transparency. So we uh, end of the month, I think I'll pass four thousand agents. So right now we're like thirty nine hundred, and by the end of the month it should be four thousand. And uh, I, I don't know what that accounts for is like the total group because that's only on the five levels. And so there's obviously hundreds and thousands that more that are, are full. But I'll be you know I'll be honest. Uh, one of my favorite things um, about you know, I, I obviously I haven't built all of it, but I will say, you know, like I've, I've built a good amount of it. And one of the foundations that I always knew I wanted to start with was uh, the community and knowing that, like, if it was all me, it would be pretty crappy. Right. Like if oh, were, I agree. Yeah, right. It's just you. That'd be no good. I mean, you don't were, know how to sell a house. <laughs> yeah, if people were just joining for me, like, that is not a great proposition. And so from day one, I understood that. And uh, we worked on building not just connections from a top down, you know, whether that's a corporate or a downline, which isn't really our jam, but making sure people felt connected across and that like I found great people to connect with our agents and great people to build this community with, uh, that was important. So when you talk about the house that I built, I'm like, man, I may have grabbed lots, lots of people. I may have down. grabbed a couple of the contractors. You know, That's what I mean, right. I may have brought some of those people to the table, but there are so many people that have built. I think. This for, thing. I think for me personally, I always, I always reference that because obviously the first time I ever yeah. heard about Real was a phone call yeah, with, yeah. with Tim when he, yeah. you know, he was going over um, for me XP, of course, with with Jeremy Knight. You guys went over the same around the same yeah. time, yeah. and uh, that was the first day I bought Real stock. So right. I'm, you know, I'm not biased here. I am a shareholder, but I'm not biased. Yeah. Um, we did a pod together, or a uh, panel rather, here at the um, conference. 
Yeah. And we were able to do something pretty unique, me, you, and Andrew. And, um, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was fun, man. I thought that was pretty unique, where it's like you've got outsiders coming in, mm-hmm. you know, we're not real brokerage, and we're able to, you know, poke some holes in it. Right. Or, you know, just kind of say, hey, here's from the outsider perspective, um, you know, maybe what some opportunities are to even make a great culture even a little bit better, more understandable. And uh, I don't know, what was your, your takeaway on the whole experience? It's been overwhelmingly positive, and it's funny because it's, you know, I'm not part of real either. You know, I'm independent as well. But the nice thing, even after the panel, is people are coming to us and saying, thank you for that feedback. I think you really said things that we needed to hear instead of like, fuck these dudes. Like, instead of like, I can't believe you said that we're not doing any business. Because some of it was a joke, but then some of it I think is true. And I think that just like speaks to you guys as colleagues in the business, like the the community, because to take criticism is not easy. And obviously, if you're listening to this pod, you probably weren't in the room. Uh, And, you know, a couple of points of feedback were can't be all about um, a downline. Maybe a lot of people aren't in this business for that. And you can't have rev share without revenue, doing a lot of deals, doing a lot of uh, listings and really being there. Uh, consumer facing first and all, all of these different things. But the thing that I loved about the fact that you guys did that was that no one likes someone who thinks they're the best and they have it all together and they have all the answers. You know, if anything, like when Hermosi was up there, one, he was he, even better than I thought he was. And I'm, and I'm a pretty big Hormozy fan. So I was a high expectations. He met all of them. But one of the things he does is he's like, look, I don't know everything. Yeah. Like, I don't know everything, and this is me trying to figure it out, which is way more powerful than somebody that gets up there and says, I know everything. Right. He was and pretty mellow in the green room, huh? Yeah, was super was, chill, dude. Yeah, super. he was real mellow. So yeah. humble and just so friendly. Like, I, you guys saw me bring my mom back there. I was like, would you sign this for my mom? He's like, oh, my gosh, bring her over here. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. He's really nice. He, he was, I don't know if he was in a zen mode or something before he went up there, but I think he that's never how he really lives. flinched. Yeah, I think, that's a, <laughs> I, think, I think that is how he lives. So I bring all that up. Um because I do want to acknowledge, Tim, that you are you're a massive recruiter. And, you know, you don't want to be called a recruiter, but, um, you know, bringing a lot of people in here. And uh, I got it on recording, right? We've got it on the pod with Tamir and Shran. Yep. So plug in that pod once more. It's towards the end of the pod. Uh, on tape, they both said, you know, they, uh, the debate. The real versus EXP debate yeah, yeah. Is, uh, is a go. It's okay. a green light. It's a green light. Out of Tamir's mouth. Uh, on video, proof. we have yeah, proof. Okay. Who are you debating now? So, uh, Tim, I won't do this debate unless Tim Agrees. is a part of it. Yeah, Fair. you know, uh, I don't. I love Sharon. Known Sharon over ten years. Uh, I don't. You know, he's more of the executive team. It's got to be an agent on agent debate. So it's got to be Tim. So why is Tim doing it? Uh, true. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. Why is Tim doing it? It's got to be Tim. It's got to be Jeremy Knight or, or Brad. You know, it's got to be right. that crew. Then it's Kyle Whistle, Dan Beer, oh, right, right, yeah, right. During right. the debate. And, you know, what we had talked about last night at dinner, some of the advice that we gave uh, to the audience of, you know, 1,300 real agents was be just out front. Hey, love to have you. And this is what mm-hmm. you've always done. Love to have right. you as part of my world. But here's everything that I'm doing you can have it all for free. It's, right. it's the Sharon style. It's like, you know, just acknowledge up front. Hey, love to have you part of the world. Now it's over with. Sure. And then just give and provide. Uh, and that's what I think about when I have a, an EXP, real debate, collaboration, conversation, whatever you want to call it, on the BAM stage, on the YouTube channel, where it's like, okay, here's one model. Here's another. It's not behind a closed Zoom. It's not a secret. 
we're going to lay it all out there and let everybody decide yeah. in the chat. Let everybody decide in an open format, video that can get watched over and over and over and over and over again and compare and contrast side by side. So, Tim, when are we setting this up? Well, can I say something nice about EXP before, you know, we yeah, get into Yeah, because you've been at EXP. Yeah, so what, yeah, and EXP changed my life. Yeah. So I have a lot of nice things to say about EXP. But on the debate side, it's like what I love about EXP and Real is that you can just go on the internet and find our whole compensation plan. And not, not, yeah. all, not all companies are like that. Right. And uh, what I think is interesting is that EXP and Real, and, you know, there's a couple other ones out there. But the thing that I love about uh, this as a, as a culture is that everyone's on the same deal. So I know you're talking about like Kyle Whistle, right? Like and Kyle and Dan have done some amazing stuff. And if you look at how, and they make a ton of money at EXP, they're on the same plan as everyone else. There's no sweetheart deal because they did this or did that. And so like as an agent, I have a lot of, like I, I really have a lot of respect for companies that have that level playing field. Cause you know that there's so many moves going on, yeah, especially right, right, right now, everybody's making a move. And um, I talk to these teams and brokers all the time and they're like, well, like- What can you do for me? What can you do for me, yeah. right? Lay out that red carpet and make it really thick. And I'm like, look, our carpet's great, but it's the same one everybody else walks on. And if you are who you think you are, and you're who I think you are, right? Because I think you're great too. Everything will work out for you. You'll get all the things. But everything is earned and nothing is is given. And I think, like, for me, I love that. Like, right. I love – because it's the same way in, uh, in business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you think you're great. I think you're great. But let's see. Let's go <laughs> let's, out there and, put, let's yeah, go right. and see, see what's up, yeah. you know, so – and I love that. Let's yeah. go see what it's all about, which is why this debate, Chris. I mean, we, can you? Agree I'm into this? it. Yeah. I will. I I'll read it. Is this just a, a so, push for the debate? So the pod? are you? Well, we can. Move, What's the second? We thing can on move the agenda? on to the next segment of the pod <laughs> once you uh, confirm you are in. Well, look, I allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, that's my word for the conference. So, you know. but you're in. I would say Jeremy Knights. We've got out. three of the four. Yeah, I'm not out. I'm not, not out. out. I think you know? he's in. I think, I think you could be persuaded. Yeah. yeah. For some exclusive Jordan 3s? Well, I know you got a whole closet full. My size, and you said you're trying to get away from that time in your life. So I'm here for you. Chris, uh, I, <laughs> do, you, do you think this is something the industry needs? I to see them on the same stage, you know, virtual stage, you know, bam. Oh, are we going to do it in Verbella? Or the where's thing? Verbella? I don't know, the EXP world thing. No, 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 we're gonna do it in Bam YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> this okay. YouTube right. channel, I didn't know. right? I didn't here. know. I wasn't sure. I do what think that people would love it because, for the outside mm -hmm. perspective, you know, yeah. I think for like the average agent, no disrespect, all mm -hmm. the shit feels the same. Yeah, I it's would a cloud. Think... The agents are in a cloud. There's a downline. Yeah. I think for a lot of people that are just operating at arm's length. You know what like, I will say though too, if if like the audience, I like Reels colors better than EXPs. Like I'll pick theirs logo over. You know what I'm saying? Or I like I'll take the EXP because I like their the logo. They got just, good merch. Yeah, they got good just merch. Just like we do, try to. <laughs> uh, for the uh, for the audience though, and th this isn't uh, a real pitch. I just think like a lot of people are in a position where disclaimer: this is a real pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so look, let's let's be real. A lot of people in this industry um, are feeling some friction and they're feeling like maybe they need to make a change. You know, and some of them shouldn't. Some of them are just thinking that a change is gonna help them. But I will say when you, when you talk about it all feels the same, it usually feels the same if you're on the outside. If you're just, sure. if you're just observing, right. they all look the same. They all feel the same. 
But you know, just from being here right. for a day or two, you're like, okay, I can definitely tell what this is about. Like if you are interested and you've observed EXP and is anything on your mind, you should go to EXPCon. Like you right. should go and feel what it's about. Cause you don't know 100%. until you're actually there. And so I don't know if like realty executives does an event, but if you're like observing them and you're thinking, you should go and experience it. Because the biggest thing I see with agents is they get oversold Right, and then they sign up to a, they make yeah. the move, and then they get there and they're let down. If if you're like being pitched for a team, for example, any yeah. team, any brokerage, and they're not willing to say, "Hey, just show up at our monthly meeting or show up on our you Zoom, know, whatever, show up yeah. in our office, like anytime you want," right? Um, you know, if they're not giving you that opportunity until you join, that's probably a red flag. Yeah. And it, what I'll say about what you're saying here, a lot of people are thinking about this. You know, thinking about that right now. It's undeniable. It's certainly that season of the time of the year, two, quarter four, quarter one. Um, it's going to be a really hard six months. We we all get that. But if you do look around um, historically, mm-hmm. the, the industry, the top, 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 top performers, top producers don't make a ton of moves. No. So if you're like, hey, I'm thinking about making a move this year, and I and you just made two or three moves the last couple of years, it might be you, not them. Yeah. Uh, it just might be. Well, okay. Can, and, yeah. so, and so, you know, I just, I look at some of the top producers like, wow, they've been at maybe two places, you know, 15 years, 10 years. And uh, there's a reason for that. There's, you know, there's something to that. Think about how much inertia and momentum you lose in like a transition. You know, mm-hmm. no matter how dialed in the machine is, suddenly now you're thinking about logos, branding, new yep. letterhead, all the bullshit that really doesn't move the needle. And I think for like a top producer, I think of a lot of it in my head, it's like, that's not what to spend their time doing. Well, because for the consumer, they don't know the difference between... They could care less. Yeah. Realtor right. and real estate agent, let alone right. brokerage A and brokerage B. Right. And what you said on stage, I think, was very powerful, which is so funny for this debate to be sexy, is that it doesn't affect that many people because so few are part of this like rev share. Like So few are performing at a high level mm-hmm. that they're actually making the, the, meaningful money. The stat I gave, which I got from from Tamir, I don't know if that stat was in the pod but or not, but again, that pod is linked down below. Great pod. <laughs> oh, um, the pod with Tamir? The pod with Tamir. <laughs> the, that one, that pod. Um, Do you have the URL? So, Can you like spell it out for yeah, people just in case linked they- linked down below. Uh, so Tamir, the CEO of Real, he said, hey, I said, how many agents are actually getting rev share in this company? 11%, very transparent. He had the number, boom, gave it to me. I would imagine that number's similar. For EXP. With That's what I was gonna you ask. Know, EXP, and there, the other new, smaller competitors that are popping up out there, it'll likely be the same for, for them. Well, the reason why Tim's been so successful and others is he's got something to offer, sure. uh, whether that's going, which maybe not, maybe the others, but no, definitely Tim as well. <laughs> like, hey, proximity or resources or connections right. or training or accountability and these are all the things whether you're joining any brokerage that you're looking for lead you know sometimes it's leads and there's a reason why it's 11 percent and not 51 percent because there are people that are focused on they've built up this business they've figured out what works they've connected with uh the right things to do in their markets and now they're sharing that with those that they're they're bringing into their network so i think there's there's three things that i think about when i talk to agents it's what are you doing right now and how is that going to be better where you're going so like you said Mm -hmm. a lot of great teams make one or two moves and they usually make it because they're like hey i could be a little bit more efficient over here i could do 
and, and their business pretty much stays the same. So what are you doing right now? And is that going to be better over there? And then the other thing is like, what do you want to do? So do you want to do more of this and you want to do more of that? Well, is this move going to help you do more of what you want to do? And then the rev share stuff is like, what could maybe happen? You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I'm doing this. Maybe I need to make a move to do more of what I'm already doing. Maybe I need to make a move because there's more that I want to do that this isn't the best place to do it. And then rev share is like the maybe, you know, maybe if I do all this, rev share could also be a thing. But those are the three priorities. Like you have an amazing team. Is this the best place for me to do what I'm doing? If moving brokerages means you totally changing how you do your business, it's not a good move. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think, like when a company comes in, they're like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Do our way. Our way is the future. All that other stuff. Like, no, no, no. Agents doing what they're doing. They're building their business the way they're building it. Like it should be, hey, do what you're doing over here. Do it more efficiently. Maybe do a little bit more. And then some of that extra stuff is like could happen and if it does, great. How are you guys thinking about content for agents right now? With, I mean, this is yeah. a pretty. This yeah, is a yeah. pretty. We've we've I been talking it. about it. Um, <laughs> he wants to get off of this topic, so no, no, I don't, I don't mind. I just I like I don't. You know, you know me, man. Yeah. I, I like to to help agents sell more houses Absolutely. and hopefully reels the result, not the this, other way around. This is a know? pretty. You know, this event we're at. You've got a lot of content creators. I thought Chris made some great points when we had our discussion on uh, stage that. You've got some that are getting into a zone of just creating content to create content that's right. not maybe hitting with a consumer, certainly not locally or community-based. What's your take on so, like what Chris said on stage, and, and where do you see the future for agent content creation? So uh, a couple of things. One, loved what you said. Thanks. I had that lunch with uh, Leila Hormozzi, and she said too many people make content to get more views mm. where they make content to add value to the audience. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing they care about is helping people with their content. And views are the, the byproduct. But too many right. times we're like, oh, if I dance on this video and do the thing, it'll get more views. And we're not thinking about the value that we're adding. And that's the problem, like you said, with getting hooked on doing this agent-to-agent content, because God, agents are on social media and they A love lot. commenting on your stuff. Right. And so you'll get into this uh, false thing that making content for agents is working because it's getting... A lot views of views and comments. I've got like, look, Dan McKinnon's a great example. He's got like a Instagram profile with 4,000 followers that generates some business, right? Yeah. You know, and we think we need to have this big thing. So and Dan so, McKinnon, if you're not following him, he has Sarasota. All Sarasota. All Sarasota. Yeah. He has all Sarasota, all Nokomis. I mean, like nobody is crushing the locals pages the way that Dan is. Yeah, he's and doing like, such yeah. a great job. It's nuts. So that's not doesn't make us, you know, right. and the thing is, it's the algorithm problem, right? <laughs> like us as agents, we're like, oh, what should I, what should I create? And so we go on our feed and we find content that's created for agents. And so we're like, oh, I and should do more of this because right. this is what's on your feed. And so it's this weird social media effect bubble of I'm seeing content that I like. And so I'm going, I'm out making the same thing and I'm totally missing what the consumer actually wants, what right. the consumer likes. So uh, our agents that are doing stuff direct to consumer and are doing it well and have cracked that consumer code, crushing it. Right. But maybe they don't get the spotlight because agents don't see their stuff. You know. That's right. Yeah. Now I mentioned Jeremy Knight, obviously another example here who who's doing it. But there's plenty, you know, across the industry. Chris is 
versus one of those. Yeah, and I remember early on, this is before I like got involved with BAM. This is just when I was watching from the distance. And I vividly remember you drawing the line in the sand. It was like, all this agent-to-agent content is trash. Like, <laughs> you guys are missing the mark. I mean, you were very, I knew what you were doing and you did it well. And I remember a couple people sending me DMs saying like, do you think Byron's talking to me? <laughs> literally like and i won't name names and i remember thinking to myself i was like you know you're doing a good job when people think that you are commuting like communicating yeah. directly to them so i think you were on point i do think that there is a level of liking or loving what you are doing that will allow you to keep showing up and then the results come I don't know if it's the fastest way to success, but I would say if somebody is like- You personally liking what you're producing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I think there's like a couple things. Like I've never gone viral, right? Like maybe a couple times, like you're, what you're ever, your definition of virality is, but like my superpower is just showing up despite nobody engaging with it, right? You just show up enough yeah. and then everyone just, you're just undeniable because you're doing the work. So I think there has to be something that you love enough about whatever it is you're creating that allows you to show up from like zero to, I don't know, like 48 months mm -hmm. before the results start yeah. like percolating. Oh, for sure. Because I've been making agent to agent content for a while, not really knowing what I was doing. I was just like, this is content I want to make. Not like truthfully, not really thinking about who the audience is. It's just like you make content, keep making the content. And only now... Do I feel like I'm getting the benefits from the referrals? For mm -hmm. years, it was like, man, how is Taya getting all these calls? Like, why is Paige getting all these calls? Like, I sell houses. And it really wasn't that shift to be like, make what you like, but be mindful because there are quicker ways to get things, right? Yeah. And then I think we didn't touch upon it in the panel, but the business is opening so many doors for us. In the same way, title, lending, escrow wants a piece of the business the community and like the world at large wants a piece of our business and i think only recently am i beginning to sort of explore how we can leverage like our business yeah. our brand into the community and other you know businesses other relationships that will like elevate everybody down the road there is definitely an element of finding how you are best capable right of repeating week after week after week to, to your point, do I enjoy it? Right. I don't enjoy, I'm just not tall enough to walk through a home and do the whole home tour. <laughs> I know? would love to see you do the and dancing so, pointing thing though. Byron would pointing. crush the dancing yeah. pointing. So I just, it's, so. <laughs> can, can I, can I touch so, that? Cause let me, let me just, let me just finish this point. The content that I like doing is talk radio. Right. <laughs> I, was gonna, so, I was gonna say. <laughs> so having a radio show in Connecticut for the last eight and a half years and the 5 a.m. call, because it was like, okay, that was yeah. beneficial to my morning, which those two things now with BAM, people don't even realize that I've done for eight and a half years, both of them, but I love doing those right. two things. And that's what's actually allowed me to be in position to do what we're doing with BAM consistently. And, and I love what uh, what you said, because I look at your content in, in your, you said talk radio, and that's where I was going, because we, we've known each other for a while, so I know that that's where you, you, you love uh, playing. And what's funny is, when I go to do the talking head video, it's like I go to say something profound and I'm like, God, this is, I can't do this. Like, I can't do it. Like, I think I have a pretty good thought, yeah. but like, I can't do this. This is not something I can do consistently is tell people what I think and, and right. try to hope either people agree with me or they want to argue with me, which is your thing. Like, you, yeah. you nail it and you're so good at it. 
And like you, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. So what did I do is I do my thing. And then at the end of it, I say, and this could be terrible advice because for me, in order to keep doing it, in order to have fun with it, in order to enjoy it, I have to acknowledge the fact that I'm just some dude on the internet and uh, this could be terrible advice because the whole thing doesn't seem enjoyable to me right. until I figure out a way to tweak it and make it my own. And I'm like, oh, I could do this stuff all day. This is this is great. So for a lot of people, if you're looking at Byron's stuff or they're looking at Chris's stuff, you go try to do what someone else is doing. There's this, there's a, a bit of rip off and duplicate. There's a bit of copy success. But if you're literally just doing what someone else is doing, it's going to suck. And you got to find your thing. Right. You, know? you have to find the thing you can do. Yeah. Over and over and over and over yeah. again. I also think that we have become a little soft in the sense of not wanting to do things that suck. <laughs> like, yeah. in what yeah. world do you love every aspect of your job? You know what I mean? Uh, like, no world. In, I in, but but I, not no, every aspect. Not every aspect. So, like, all I'm going with it is I truly believe that you need to find a component of your business that you love so much that fills up your cup yeah. so much that it overflows into other aspects of your business that you are compromising. So like, I love making content. There's no secret. When I am calling a listing or like a seller and I'm wanting to get something like in writing, I wanna list this property, of course I wanna get paid. Of course I wanna help this family move. Of course I wanna get a buyer into it. Like I want all these things, but I want to execute the video that I've been dreaming about for the last four months. So if that piece of the business is what motivates me to make my calls. And you're articulating your vision for the video to the seller and that passion is pouring out. And you're more likely to get the listing side because they're like, this guy's passionate about my property and showcasing it in a different way than professional photography in a Zillow feed. Mr. Lazine, I've been dreaming about your kitchen. Like this is what I'm. That makes one of us. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I just think it's like you don't want to make the calls. That's okay. What do you want? And if the calls are a product or a piece of the process to get you to what you want, you're gonna. The calls aren't gonna be so bad. Yeah, I I, I agree with doing the work. That's what we've talked a lot about this week. You know, because I talk to new agents all the time, and I, I love talking to new agents. Because they don't know any better. Right. And like not knowing any better is a superpower right now. Because I talk to agents and I'm like, let's do the open houses. Let's go. To, and, and they're like, oh. And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh. When you were a new agent, you would have done an open house every day. You would have knocked on a million doors. But now since you had it easy for three years, now all of a sudden it's, it's harder because it was easy. Right. New agents don't know any better. And so they're just going to go out and build their business when it sucks. And they're going to have a more durable business when it gets better. And so like I'm all for the doing the hard thing. Hope you're enjoying this interview. If you want to get the most out of what we do at BAM, join BAMX. Use code interview to get the lowest price ever. Prices, in fact, go up on December 1st. Everybody in pre-December 1st gets grandfathered in. If you want access to all of our courses, our live streams, our daily downloads from the Hashi and our community, get into BAMX now. It's how you get the most out of our content. Use code interview to get the lowest price ever. Prices go up on December 1st. Get grandfathered in now. I was with a couple agents, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. They're like 27 yeah. years old. And so I was thinking about I was like, wait a minute. How old were you guys in the GFC, the Great Financial Crisis? Like those years when I was buying property, went bankrupt afterwards. They're like, well, you're not 2000. 
Fourth third grade like, or something? What is like, I don't know, 11? What are you talking about? So I'm like, no wonder there are agents that right now, when you talk about the great financial crisis and, and going through that time period and the fact that in 2011, 12, 13, 14, it was where I was in the Northeast in Connecticut, it was almost impossible to get somebody to see one of your listings. Mm-hmm. You would have to throw a broker's open, get 13 people to show up because you bought a bunch of wine and cheese, get them to fill out a form that says the listing price is too high, beg one of them to bring a buyer. Well, he's not even really a buyer. He's like my cousin. Great, bring him anyway. Set it up just through showing time. I need something to hit showing time, right, or whatever. And they're like, you're that old man saying you used to walk to school in the snow. Well, no, this actually happened. Inventory was the complete opposite. In my state in Connecticut, you had the most inventory of any state in the nation. Now that is totally reversed. We have the least amount of inventory of any state in the nation. So these, these markets do and will always change. And that was the case back then. And that was just as hard as 8% and buyers that can't get into properties and no inventory. Because you were talking to sellers every single week that were like, hey, take an ad out in the Wall Street Journal. We need New Yorkers. The commission on this is $5,000. I'm not taking out a $10,000 ad in the Wall Street Journal. Are you out of your mind? What are we talking about here? <laughs> right. And uh, it was a very difficult conversation because people were frustrated. There was nobody looking at homes, literally. And that market existed just like this one did. Right. But um, unless you see it and experience it, it's hard to understand. You know the cheesy quote? I use this a lot. It's like, you don't need to outrun the bear. You just need to outrun the guy next to you. Is that why you always want to go hiking with me? Yeah, somebody's got to get caught. I think it's to the business. You know what I mean? Like our competitor, God bless Tamir and Sharon, but like I'm not competing against them, right? Like my competition is not Google or like Facebook, Zuckerberg. Like my competition, God bless her, is like the soccer mom who's got to shuttle her kids to work, who's like late to whatever. Like I like, and I think when we put in perspective the resilience we need to have and like who it is that is actually the competition and what we need to do to succeed, it makes it way easier, right? We're building these crazy things in our heads about the interest rates. You guys know uh, Val of yeah, Val. yeah. So God bless her. What's her last name? Vonder Vander. I think I showed you this her one yesterday. at dinner. Yeah, uh, I think that I showed you. Showed you. Yes, yes. See the older yeah. woman. So yesterday, this person comes up to us and uh, the experienced woman, <laughs> the very yeah. experienced woman. Yeah. How old is she? In her eighties. I don't know. She's been in the business a long time. She's been in the business yeah. so long. One of the that one of the sweetest people I know. Sweetest. Yeah. The guy was comfortable enough to say, "How did you deal with objections in the '60s, '70s, and '80s?" And she was just like, "Yeah, I had 18% interest rates, and the difference is that there's media now putting it in people's faces. Like now there's CNN 24/7. She's like, if there was CNN during Vietnam, it would have been a different war. But she was like, everyone needs to just understand there is a group of people." That will always transact. Mm-hmm. Like this guy sold a house this week and you didn't. It's not the market. You know what I mean? Like maybe this guy's working harder than you. But whatever it is, the wheels of the economy are moving, and it's just like get in the car, don't get in the fucking car. Well, and I mean the the pain point is the opportunity. It's like I live in a neighborhood that is a pretty high price point and has a pretty good turnover rate, and so it should be on everybody's list in my market to farm. And I used to go check the mail, and I have like eight postcards from agents, all just you a know, month. Uh, I don't know, like it just. We, I'm we, getting like ten a month in my neighborhood in so Naples. I, Do you think I, it's a lot or a little? 
It seems like a lot because I see them every. Well, you I know they're stacked up. I look at the mail once a week or whatever, and so, uh, but it's a, you know, they can't door knock in their defense. That's the only way they can get into the neighborhood is by mailing. By mail. But I can tell you, I'd get a bunch, and I haven't lived in the neighborhood that long, so I'm like, oh, I wonder, like, who's who's running the 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 neighborhood here, and I can tell on you know who's got some sales, but like who's owning the mailbox. And there's a bunch I couldn't really tell, but in the last year, I've seen it drop down a ton. Mm. Now I get one or two right pieces. That's of a mail. good point. I'm not getting as many. Yeah, right and that's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like the same work gets less results. And so naturally, instead of agents saying, oh, I need to do more work to get the same result. And send out two a month. They'll say, hey, this work gets me less results. I'm going to do less of this work. There's one that consistently does it, and she has the only piece that gets my attention. She recaps that month sales in basic table format i can understand it i can read it this month this year she lists out highest price sale to the lowest price um i was so proud of myself because i was the lowest purchase in the community <laughs> the year i bought i kept making sure i was at the bottom every month maybe that's why i was so curious i'm like yes i still out negotiated everybody in this community you would um, you would but it's uh, valuable information i want to look every month uh, is somebody set a new record, right? Dude, we're completely different personalities. <laughs> you're looking I'm, at like I'm buying that house. You're like, who's got a QR code? Let me <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm just saying. I'm the complete opposite. Like, we're we're building this house, and I'm like, I don't think I'm overpaying for it, but I'm like, like whatever. It's good for the neighborhood. It's good. I'm like, I'm <laughs> helping out the neighbors. Maybe I'm like, like yeah, whatever. You know, like money comes, it goes. You know, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am on the, on the new place. I'm yeah. completely overpaying for it, but um, proud of this deal. So. But the point is, agents will stop doing the work when it gets less results, which means there's more opportunity for people that are willing to turn it on. I don't think that's gets, agents. I think know. that's like... Yeah, I mean, it's a human condition. Right. But if you told me, like, I had to do more push-ups to get the same result, like, ah, oh, push-ups don't work well. I need to go find something new. Right. In actuality, I just need to do more push-ups. So it's opportunity for the agents that are going to stick with it and do the thing. The other thing I like about your postcard is that there's also this thing of like, oh, you know, it, the consumer's dumb. Like they don't, like Zillow's lying to them. Like the word is Zestimate. They understand it's <laughs> Zillow's estimate. Yeah. Nobody goes. No, nobody's confused. Right? And it's the yeah. same thing. It's like all people want is the freaking numbers. Yeah. Not just sold. Call me about my unique marketing. Just tell them All the of things. those to me, I just don't even see them. They go with the other you know, all state postcards that I just do one quick one rip rip. And yeah. I don't open if I, it's an envelope that I know is marketing. I'd never open right rip in half toss. and toss. And that's why if people are doing envelopes with, you know, just print pre-printed addresses yeah. and, right. and stuff, I'm like, it's so easy for someone to identify that that's a rip right. and toss. If you're gonna do it, like pay someone or a company, do, there's companies yeah. out there that do the handwritten, right. where at least it's like, I gotta open and see what's inside. And right. then if you've got a creative hook, you're more likely, if you're gonna spend the money on direct mail, at least increase the chances right. of your conversion. I think especially going into the market that we're going in, people need to be highly analytical over the action, but then what's the result of that action? Because we get so quick to, caught up in the habit of just doing it. It's like, Byron, I'm doing it. I'm making my calls. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if you are making your calls all day to like a circle prospecting list, 
probably gonna get a lot of bad numbers. Yeah, It's like not the highest, best use of, I think, your time. I'm just using that as an example. And I think with mailers or video content is the best example. It's like, well, I'm making the video, Byron. So it's like... But it isn't it good? Yeah. Right, but it, I think it's the same thing as the mailer is you get the videos, it's like I'm making the video, but the video starts with them like coming to the camera, hitting record, <laughs> and then there's that three second like, and I'm Chris Benjamin, thank you for watching this video, and it's just like, ah. And I it's figured a zero I'd sum go game. live. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Hi, Mom. <laughs> but but uh, it's zero sum, yeah. right? Like that's the unfortunate part you, about this is you, like. You gotta do, the, the, the point of that is and we made the point earlier, you gotta do things over and over and over and over again until you get good at them, right? Or until you've figured out what works and what doesn't work. But you have to like acknowledge just because you're doing it doesn't mean that yeah. it's right or it's enough. That's you know what I mean? Enough. Like if you're gonna do a video every day, like if ever I told Tom Tool this, God bless Tom Tool. But when I saw him at BAM camp, I said, Tom. God has never blessed Tom Tool, by the way. <laughs> I used, I you see this man? God bless Tom <laughs> I, I, I blessed him three times. But like I said, Tom, like you're crushing it, bro. But you need to cut your little Tom Tools tips. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He would say something and it would yeah. go to, but burr, 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 burr. I'm like, it's, it's not good. Get rid of that and get right to the hooks. Just, he's got great yeah. hooks. Just get yep. to it, right? And that's like somebody that's performing at a very high level. It's like the smallest adjustment is going to have him just go like this because yeah. nobody's making it past that. Yeah, yeah, and he's great at delivery. He's a rock star. And these are the small tweaks. I was sitting with an agent um, down in Florida, I don't know, a month or two ago, and he's a great guy. And he's telling me about some of the things he's going to do to get his business going in 24 and he's like, I really would love your opinion. And he shows me a diagram of a new business card. <laughs> I was gonna like his logo. <laughs> no, he's like, hey, I'm thinking about this new business card. I'm like, well, he's definitely never seen my content in the past where I say business cards suck, yeah, and terrible, and you don't need them. And he's so proud of it. It's like you know, um, okay. it's like a metal business card. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, yeah. It's like yeah. the Amex, right? Where right. it's like hard. He's like, don't you think this will make a, a significant impact? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you gave it to me, it'd be like, now I have to find a way to throw this away. I don't want to carry this around. I got cards. Yeah. I'm like, m the point of whether it's going to work or not is irrelevant. Right. How are you going to get into front of more people that are actually going to accept it? Are you joining the club and creating relationships? Like, what are you doing to get more face-to-face -face opportunities to even present it. That card. Well, what I love about one, I'm, I'm still stuck on this, this psychology around this postcard that you like and the other ones that you don't. And I also think it ties into the thing that you're doing with the $100 bill ad mm -hmm. on YouTube, where I think we'll, as agents, we have this idea that uh, we need to hide the value a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like the the age old thing when MLS you know was a thing. MLS and then, book. Yeah, the MLS book, and the, like we feel like we need to to hide the value where this person just giving you more information is interesting, and like you need to give people as much information as they can where they could go do it on their own. Easy to digest. Give them all, yeah, but give them all the things where like yeah. hey, you could go do this on your own. Here's the price you should do it, and the same thing with your hundred dollar ad. It's like not only. Well, I give you exactly how much your house is worth and give you all the stuff. I'll also give you $100 after I'm done. Like, take it all. Yeah, but the best way to actually be on a listing presentation and get somebody very comfortable with your expertise and your confidence is to tell them exactly how they can list their home for sale by owner. Yeah, without um, you. Without me. Yeah. To your point. Yeah. 
And, Is that um, how you would handle listing presentations? I've done it so many times. So if you're only looking for the 75%, because the number one place people are looking in our market is Zillow. Here are the numbers, right? You're going to capture between Zillow and Realtor.com, you're going to capture about 75% of buyers. And if that's where you believe your buyer is going to come from, then save everything and list that property on your own. Here's how you can get photography. Here's how you can get a feed on those sites. And uh, here's what I'm doing to capture the other 25% of eyeballs. And if you're interested in that and interested in somebody negotiating, I mean, I know you probably negotiate in your job, right? And so, but they start to realize the oh, the, the inspection, um, you know, I do want this certain price. And so am I limiting myself? And really just people just don't have, they're, they've already got you at the house. Right. Because they don't have the time mm -hmm. to go through the process of dealing with all these buyers. And really smart sellers. There was, there's a study in uh, Redfin recently that talks about, um, was it Redfin? Bobby, do you remember? It was on the hot sheet I was talking about it. There, there's a study about um, what percentage, it was Redfin, the percentage of, no, it wasn't Redfin. It was the Austin, University of Austin, and oh, it was yeah, University University of Texas. Do you guys, do you guys just roll this, or do you chop it up no, when, it takes, when it takes so you so long to figure out the no, data? <laughs> okay, so these two universities of college kids did this study, and they used Redfin. It was yeah. UCLA. It was, it was UC, UCLA right. and University of Texas at Austin. They used Redfin. Yeah. To say that listings with a lower commission. Oh, I saw you put this out there. We're getting less views Bullshit. than listings with a higher commission. And so the conclusion that these college kids came up with was that agents were not sending the Redfin listing to their clients, which is why the views on these listings were lower. No dum-dums. No agent is sending Redfin listing links because agents hate Redfin. Yeah, right. Yeah. The consumer is skipping over those listings because that seller is a cheap ass, <laughs> yeah. didn't pick the right price. If they're trying to save on the commission, they're likely going for an unrealistic price. Right. Buyers are smart. They know it's overpriced the minute they see the house, the square footage, the bedrooms, the bathrooms, and they scroll right past it. They don't click right. for more information because they say, bozo, bozo, ooh, look at that. And when they say, ooh, look at that, it's a seller who selected a professional, who invested in the presentation of their property, how it looks on photos, how the write-up is positioned, how the open, when the open house is scheduled, what, the day they hit the market, did they do a coming soon? All these different things that add up to a great first impression onto the market. And consumers click on that over and over and right. over again. So when you're sitting there with a seller and saying, hey, you could do this all on your own, or you could have everything that I just outlined and increase your chances of a high sale happening for you, they pick right. that. That's why they've got you but delivered. What was goofy about that is the idea that we're picking every house for the buyers. Like, of course I love when I exactly. find a house, yeah. but like 99.9% .9 of the time, it's like, Chris, this is the house that I want. Take me to this yeah. house. Like, the, the thing though too, what's, uh, what's funny is, showing people the exit is the best way to build trust. And so, you know, dive into this on the pod, but that's what I do in all of my calls with agents. 
is I tell them why they should stay where they're at. Like they'll only trust me to tell them why they should come over here if I'm willing to help them stay where they're at. Yeah. And only if it makes sense, do you come with me? And it's like the same thing. You have to explain to the seller that they could do this on their own. And this is exactly what it would look like. Because it's an option. And if they don't know all their options, how can they pick the right one? And you don't want to scare them from it. Because if you're scaring them from it, you're you're a salesperson trying to convince them to list with you. They they need to have all the options. And and just to just, you know, heads up, everybody needs to understand, don't, College kids are, are great. They're having a lot of fun. Their <laughs> studies and surveys are oftentimes really bad. They're just terrible um, because they they didn't even take enough time to go deep on the industry, get some real super. Hey, our conclusion is agents aren't sending the listing. How about talking to some agents? Like, what's the perspective here? Or dig a little bit right. deeper. So stay away from college kids. They're terrible. Well, you know, you could educate them on how to buy a house, and then maybe they come I mean, look at your market, right? Yeah. Um, the market you li- the San Antonio. live in of San yep. Antonio with where Zillow lost so much money on Zillow <laughs> offers. Dude. And that was a lot of college kids on the phone, like make, sending offers to people after yeah. the algorithm generated one and they're approving it. Never been in real estate. I mean, I, I not I think, literally college kids, but know, I'm but saying we, just we, out of college. We, we've had this conversation, I think, because I've I was pretty close with a couple guys yeah. at Open Door because we, we sold them so many properties and knew the manager and everything. And it was uh, a great, like, optimistic mindset they had about how to change the industry and all that stuff. And it was, like, I I, I looked up to it a little bit. It was inspirational. Just wasn't realistic and didn't work, yeah. you know? And so, like, I love being inspired by things. But at the end of the day, like, I can talk to you about boxing and I can talk about how the right, right way to throw a jab is. And we can even practice it for a while. And then if you get in the ring and actually have a fight... Totally it's a different. whole other freaking ball game. And you're That's like, right. what do you mean? I've been reading books about how to throw a jab for six right. months. Why did I get knocked yeah, out be, in the first round? You know? Being on the driving range before 18 holes yeah. is much different than right. being on the tee box. And like, yeah. I got to put one down the middle here. I loved Hermosi's breakdown of that. When he was explaining Dude, the yeah. loyalty test, he's like, yeah, you're a faithful partner. But has anybody? That was very powerful. That was very powerful. Tell me more about that. Well, I thought he was really effective. The example he said is, you know, people are proclaiming to be loyal spouses, but has anybody approached you and you've tested that loyalty? And I thought that was really just applicable to everything is we have these skills, but really how much are you exercising them? There was a few things that really resonated with me. What you're saying is somebody could say, hey, I'm a loyal spouse, right? but maybe they're not attractive enough to have a 10 plus model come up to them and test the theory. So they haven't actually been teased. Yeah. To. Yeah. Well, then, to I did, then you know, like, okay, now now there's a scale to it. I'm a good husband. Like, how good a husband? How good? Like, has a ten plus supermodel come up you to know? you? But I love its applicability to everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just recently had a baby. You guys know that. Yeah. It's seven months. Paige goes to work early because her call starts early. And uh, I'm training for a new mountain. And my thought in the beginning is like, well, how do I do this? I can't leave the house to go running. I can't go to the gym. Somebody's got to be with the kid. The nanny can't start at 5 a.m. It's like, how do you test your commitment to these goals, right? Put a box in the living room and just do step-ups. You know what I mean? Like, you want something. What is going to prevent you from doing it? What's what's the new mountain? (laughs) There's always a new mountain. You know? No, I wish not yet. Um, I'm gonna climb Aconcagua in Argentina. 
It's one of the, it's the biggest in the Americas. It's about, um, we can check this. I think it's about 23,000 feet. Bigger than what you did at Mount Everest. No, Mount Everest uh, is the biggest in the world. I don't know if you know this, world. little known facts. Everest is the tallest mountain in the world. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. So no. that's why but, you, but you, you are only as you've good as- You've already done the biggest. But you know it's like- Biggest isn't always the hardest though, right? Okay. Correct. Yeah. Biggest is not always the hardest. And you're also only as good as your last sale. That's the funny thing about, like I can't wait for Q4 to be over in a sense because all of our 2022 numbers, nobody gives a shit about what did you do in 2023 when it got hard? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 22,837 feet. Okay. So just under 23,000 Yeah, real, realtor math there. Just bumped it up to 23. Yeah. That's good. It's Jeez. easier. Just under 7,000 meters. But the point of it is- you're only as good as like your last, and I don't know if this is a great way to live forever, but you're only as good as your last transaction. You're only as good as the last person you served. Yeah, you're totally only agree. as good as like the last podcast you put out. I climbed Mount Everest almost two fucking years ago. Who cares? You know I what I mean? And like, if I'm going to hang my hat on that, like my point is you test yourself. If you say, hey, this is my last year, like if Tim's like, hey, you know what? I've done a lot. This is going to be my... Last year, really being front and center here, it be forgotten. Oh, quickly. Less, quickly. Less, less, right? Um, less. Any of us, yeah. right? You stop doing so. You look at great. How often are people talking about Tom Brady now? Yeah. And he's the greatest of all time to ever do it. Right. Yeah. But we're, we're not talking about him. New we're season. talking about Lamar Jackson. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about these guys that are doing it still. You know what I love, too, though, is, again, so much of my time is talking to agents, which is tough because I like to make sure I try to stay connected to the consumer because that's what matters, and I, I lose some of that. But one of the things I get from it are um, I have agents that are, are having a tough time, and I empathize, and I try to listen, and then I'll do all the things. I've got a lot of other agents that are excited about the hard times. Hell yeah. And I think what you just said is that, okay, you're a great agent. Why? Because you were a great agent in a great market and the best right. market we've ever had in the last 30 years. Like. That doesn't mean you're a great agent. Great agents, you can find out if they're great when they're tested. You can well, find out they're great when it's when it's hard times. And so right. hard times lets great agents prove themselves. And I think right. a lot of them get excited about that. Hermosi shared today about the person who's been through multiple recessions. Yeah. 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 Right. And so if you've been an agent the last three years, you haven't I mean, I, I guess they did say that one quarter, quarter two of 2020 uh, was technically a recession, but it wasn't really because it, it bounced back so yeah. quickly. It was such a short little and, period. And I don't, look, it doesn't, but you haven't been through one yet. But right? it doesn't discount. I'm not saying like, oh, you haven't been no, through no. a recession. You don't know. like Just acknowledge that to make it through certain times, mm -hmm. certain opportunities that are going to be presented, you 2021, 2022 hours input will not equal what you're going to have to input in 24. Yeah. And people hate, I don't know if you ever get any kickback on the work hard part. Maybe yeah. it's because you just like sprinkle be kind on there. <laughs> but um, the work hard is the reality for 2024. Yeah. And some people shy away from that. Like, I hate when you keep saying work hard, but it's going to be Listen, what works. I, but I, Go ahead. Nobody know anybody that knows me knows I like to work as little as possible. So I will work hard, be kind. I also take a lot of vacations and I spend a lot of time having fun. But with directed hard work, focused hard work, like you, like if you're not working hard at all, you're not getting anything. But done. there's a huge difference that I think gets lost, especially with realtors, between working hard and doing 
whatever the F it takes to get what you're trying to do. So like if you show up and make calls for eight hours, who's going to say you didn't work hard? But if my goal is 100 transactions yeah, yeah. and I have to call for 16 hours to set the appointment, am I working hard? Yeah, but am I doing what it takes? Do you see what I'm saying? And that, that is the shift on the hat, in my opinion, is just like, I get you, bro. Like, I'm sorry. It's really hard right now, but it's going to be. So are you doing what it takes? It, yeah, I love that. I, ben Kinney, did you like what when him and Tamir yesterday? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I, not to not to just say how great our event was, but to have but to have like to try to figure out who your favorite speaker was between Hormozy. Ben Kinney and some of these other Chris people. Chris Benjamin. Oh, Chris, yeah, Chris Benjamin, obviously. Uh, Byron Les... Les, Les, Les <laughs> they blew Lezano? your name Lezano? on the board. Did you Lez hear about this? <laughs> so I got all these Instagram DMs. Lazum. You cut that out, right? I got yeah. all these... Not of the pod, I'm saying of, of when we recorded. I got yeah, all these Instagram yeah. DMs like, they spelt your last name wrong. I was like, Lazine with an, with M, an M, then Undum. So yeah, they took two, the, the N from Undum. Yeah, yeah. There's too many M's. Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe they that. got mine right. Then you got yours right, I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was interesting. Um, so, Ben Ken, uh, Ben Kinney, yeah, said when they bring an agent through their program, this is awesome. In the first thirty days, you weren't in the room. I don't think no. in the first thirty days, new agent, they make them do a thousand calls. Not in the first thirty days, in one single day. They have a thousand call day. Within your first thirty days, you're gonna have a thousand call day. You're gonna climb the Mount Everest of dials. Of dials. I yeah. love it's that. It's a thousand dials, and I think he said the record. Somebody said, "You know what? I'm gonna blow through this number," <laughs> Let's and go, went man. to over twenty eight hundred. And so you know, wow, this person has what it takes. They're gonna do whatever right. it takes in those right. moments when it gets hard. When you make a thousand call day, was his point was that when you've got to make fifteen. When you're down to your pattern of every time I make 15 calls, I get X, and right. I've got to do that every day to keep you know, my business plan on track, right. 15 becomes easy when you've done 1,000. 100%. And that is the, that is the mentality right. that Ben has shown with his teams and his marketplaces uh, to be tried and true throughout the years, right. throughout the ups and the downs, and it's also the mentality that's going to be needed moving forward in 24. And I think that's the it's, – it's not like a real thing. It's just – the world that we're in with cloud-based versus off. Well, cloud doesn't mean that you don't have a physical yeah. office, but I do think that's why there is so much value to being in person. Agree. Because certainly if you're we, within your first few years, you almost have to be because it's hard. I even it. think people at a high level, I think of like my mom, for example, yeah. she is a social butterfly. She feeds off other people. And I think that like accountability camaraderie is how people hit these next echelons, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I don't I'm not a big CrossFitter. I do a lot of CrossFit because I like this is the truth. I love group workouts. The, these are hard to do. You you drove from home. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it wasn't that hard for you, but I had to get up three AM the day, you know, I came here. Fort Myers doesn't do Delta Drive stopped in Atlanta, came here Bro, I flew to Naples. I get it. You flew to <laughs> Thank you. I came to you, my dog. That's I get right. it. You came to Bam Camp. Um, you know, today, me and Bobby are supposed to be on the plane right now heading right. to New York. Um, we got delayed by nine hours. It's like travel is, what did I say? It's a gift and a curse because the gift is all the energy of this great yeah. culture and what they have going on. The gift is 
sitting down and talking to Ben Kinney for 40 minutes. I've never met the guy in my life. Been wanting to meet him for years. Yeah. The gift is we get a little 5, 10 minute, 15 minute chat with Alex Ramosi before he goes on. Right. Uh, the gift is just... Tim Macy. The gift is Tim Macy. <laughs> the gift is sitting down with Tamir. Like all these gifts that come with travel, all these gifts, to your point, that come with face-to-face, right. getting in the environment, mm-hmm. getting around people. If you're a new agent, the gift of, if you've got people that are doing it in your market and you're brand new, get around yeah. them and just find those little opportunities to learn. Right. And the curse is, it's hard. The travel part sucks. Getting on those dirty Delta planes Blows. are not fun. Right. Right. But you've got to do that to get everything else. What I will and say though is, like, I'm big on a work-life balance. And I think that's the other thing that's that's out there is they're like, oh, well, this doesn't sound like the... I say I'm big on it. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, it's I was bullshit. gonna say I was gonna. Yeah, I, I think it's bullshit. On that. Well, yeah. and, the, and the reason I say that is, um, I you know most people would look at me and say I have a great work life balance, but that's because work was my entire life for a good seven years. That was it. Like my work was everything, and because of that, my work gave me gave a great work. life. Yeah. But too many times, people want the life before they've put in the work. The work. <laughs> you have to, yeah. I mean, I wanted to have balance tonight. I wanted to sleep at night. I'm going to yeah. be on a red eye now. <laughs> right. You know, so the whole balance theory just it's went bullshit. out the window out of my control. All right, the next pod, because we, we can't go down this, because this is what we talked about, which is when you do build, you do put the work in for the life, right? And and it was like kind of Hermosi talked about on his, on his loop when you get to the top. And then it's like, okay, what am I putting in the work for? Because right. I put the work in to get this life, and then you arrive and you realize, well, gee, I'm not just going to sit on the couch now, right? And right. so, like, how do you stay inspired to keep pursuing bigger goals and bigger whys? So, next podcast, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it can't be. It can't stuff. just be for you. I can't just yeah, be like, oh. Yeah. I, I, it can't be the next. What do you guys wear? The next Air Force pump one. Yeah, it's not going to be like <laughs> the, next the Jordan Force. No, no, but it'd be like, it's like, hey, I'm going to do less work because I don't. I want to retire early. Yeah, and then you're like, wait, I'm 36. I do not need to retire. Like, right. why? Why? Why am I putting all this work in so I can work less when actually I want to work more and make my work more impactful? Um, but to me, there's a lot, a lot going on there. Yeah. To talk about. Yeah. Good, good way to wrap it up. Any, any final thoughts here? This was awesome. I appreciate yeah. you having me on the panel. I really appreciate real like inviting us and letting us do this. I just keep saying yes. Keep saying yes to shit because it opens doors. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad shit. Don't say no to drugs, but no. say yes to Byron. <laughs> say, say no to drugs and say yes to born and raised if you're under in San Diego. We had a great dinner last that night. Was a good that dinner. was all time, man. And this has been a, a fun couple of days. So this has been awesome. Um oh I, can I plug? Uh, you can plug your debate yeah, coming up. In, <laughs> <laughs> the Tim Macy, Jeremy Knight, Real, Brad McCollum uh, versus got, uh, EXP, Kyle Whistle, Dan Beer. Yeah. Big debate, Bam Sage. Is that what we're plugging? No. Uh, video- Subscribe to the channel. It's coming up soon. <laughs> I got a video blueprint again this year. Oh, in yeah. April. Plug it. Plug it. Yeah. Uh, April 10th and 11th. And the reason I'm plugging it is because Chris is finally coming. Yes. Year, year one, him. I hit him up to speak. And he uh, was spending time in the Himalayas, a.k.a. climbing Mount Everest. And then the second year, he decided to have a baby yeah. and couldn't do it then. So I thought he was avoiding me. But then this year, I mean, he's coming. He's going to be there. And he so- is coming as long as this debate happens before. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Byron. Thank you. I love you guys, man. Oh.